Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, Philip's going to have to step out in faith. He's going to have to go just because God says to go. He doesn't know what's going to happen next. Let me give you a little clue that I've learned. I've learned a lot of things being a Christian for many years. I still blow quite a few, but I got some of them down. Here's one I know. God will never give me the next step until I obey the first step. See, if Philip doesn't start out, nothing else comes. Quick question for you. Is it possible to finish a project without having first started that project? (laughs) Of course not. You'll say, and you'd be right, there's no finishing anything without starting that thing. And Pastor Mark will be teaching today that it's the same when it comes to your path as a Christ follower. You'll hear about the importance of listening for God's voice, then listening to God's voice, and then doing what God's told you to do. You'll hear about a man named Philip who wasn't a pastor or even apostle, who God was able to use because of Philip's obedience and stepping out in faith. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Acts chapter 8 as he continues his message, Under His Influence. Yes, Lord. Lord, let us hear your lessons for When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. And look what happened. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. I love verse 8. For there was great joy in that city. You see, in verse 6, Philip does what he can do. He can share the gospel. The rest of the verses, that's what God does. We do what we can do. God does the supernatural. And all of a sudden, as a result of these changed lives, there was joy. Notice verse 8. There was joy in that city. Let me ask you today. See, joy is very different than happiness. Happiness... A lot of you, when you got up this morning and you looked at the newspaper from the scores yesterday, it's a bad day for you. Tomorrow, many of you will get up and see the same thing. Your protein, bad day for you. Some of you will get a pink slip this week. Some of you don't know how to take care of your home this week. What am I going to do with this? The bill's here. See, that's happiness. It goes like this. It just goes like this. But joy is not based in a circumstance. Joy is based in a person. See, in the end, we're out of here. We're going to go to heaven. Do you think there was joy before Philip came to that city? No. 
As a result of Jesus, joy came to the city. Now let's bring it to Brevard County. Would you say, by and large, that Brevard County, from Indian County on Sebastian, all the way up to north of the county, would you say there's joy in our city? No, there is not. Why? Because we haven't spread the name Jesus far enough. You see, there's only one thing that brings joy. That's forgiveness of sin. So the next thing you want to write is simply this. How does that come? That comes from people saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord equals a lifestyle of joy. Oh, it doesn't mean that there aren't bumps. It doesn't mean that they're not trouble. I mean, how did they get to Samaria? Persecution. But we can still have joy knowing that God's going to use that in our lives. See, Romans 14, 17 says this, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Samaria, like Jerusalem, was filled with dead religion. They had their own rules and regulations. They had their own place to worship, Mount Gerizim. They had all kinds of rules and regulations. But they were dead in religion. But Jesus came to bring a relationship with people. That freedom always brings joy. Now, I don't know whether Philip did this, but I think we have to be to this mindset. Notice this next statement. Yes, Lord... Expect lives to be changed. There's power when the gospel is presented. There's power when the word of God is taught. You see, the word of God never returns void. As you're sitting here today, there's going to be changes. There'll be changes in all of us if we'll listen to God. So we should expect changed lives, and that's exactly what happened in this particular city of Samaria. Well, the next few verses I'm going to just summarize because we don't have time to go through them today. But the next few verses tell us that all of a sudden, huge numbers of people in Samaria came to Christ. They repented. They accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. They were baptized in water. And then Jerusalem heard about it and sent Philip... Excuse me, sent Peter and John to lay hands on these people, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So we'd have this massive, amazing revival. Philip's in the middle of this. He's a waiter of tables, but he's under the influence, and the wild ride has begun. We have a little over 8,000 people on our campuses. You can see Philip thinking, man, 8,000 people came to the Lord in Samaria. Whoa, uh, what am am I going to do? I guess God has me here. I'm going to have to find me a house permanently, and I guess we're going to have to find a building. If it was our day and age, he'd go down to West Melbourne, get a building permit, because you got to do something with these people. So they're thinking, organization, get it together. This is amazing. This is going to be exciting. God, you blow my socks off. But God's going to do something totally different. And to our look at it, God's crazy. He doesn't have his head on right. But you'll see who's crazy in the end. Let's go down to verse 26. While Philip is planning for the new church building, notice what happens. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road. It goes down from Jerusalem 
to Gaza. Notice the very first thing that's important. An angel of the Lord said to Philip, God is always speaking, but very often we are not listening. God is always speaking to us. It's a day-by-day relationship. It's a time when he can speak to us certainly supernaturally through an angel. He can speak to us through visions. He can speak to us through dreams. He can speak to us through circumstances and friends. But let me encourage you to remember that whatever he speaks must agree with the word of God. Be careful because you hear people... All kinds of things that they say God tells them to do. And if it doesn't match this, that wasn't God. Remember, Satan's a great deceiver. Let me ask you a question. You used to hearing the voice of God? You should be. Was that God? Because he wants to speak to you. That's how we're directed. That's how we're guided in our life. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of the Lord. He will give you wisdom. The Lord is speaking to everyone in this service. Doesn't matter what campus, doesn't matter where you are on the internet, around the world, God's speaking to your heart right now. See, the word of God is alive. And it's giving us direct. It's a lamp and a light to our feet and to our path. So here comes this amazing thing. And this angel says to Philip, go south to Gaza. You've heard of the Gaza Strip, haven't you? You know where it is. Now, what is Philip going to say to this? Philip started in Jerusalem. And then he went up to Samaria, and that's where this great revival is happening. Awesome. Masses of people. And then an angel comes to Philip in Samaria, and he says, I want you to leave where you're at. I want you to head back to Jerusalem, and then head off on this desert road. Now, if I'm Philip, here's what I'm saying. God, I just came from Jerusalem a few months ago. All the apostles are there. Now, God, maybe you forgot your Google map, God, but Jerusalem is a lot closer to the desert road than Samaria is. Send one of those guys. But God isn't interested in sending one of those guys. God has a plan for Philip. Well, what else is Philip saying? I'm sure Philip is saying something like this. God, you've opened up this mass evangelism opportunity here in Samaria. Hundreds of people are coming to you every day. Jesus is the talk of the town. Really, I mean, the wise thing to do is to stay here. So, God, I have to say no. That's probably what I would have said. Get somebody else. You put me here, good things are happening. Let me just give you a verse. God's ways are not our ways. So when you begin to look at this, you go... What is God up to? This is crazy. What is Philip going to do? Philip's going to learn. He learned all the way through it. He's a man under the spirit. He's learned to say, yes, Lord. Not yes, Lord, but. Yes, Lord. Look at verse 27. So he started out. Circle that word started. You know how many people at the end of the service will have put something down on paper that God told them to do, but they'll never start out. God has called so many people to do things. They know God's speaking to them, but they never do them. See, if we hadn't done this next statement, here's the next thing you can write. And yes, Lord, requires steps of faith. 
Philip doesn't know really why he's going to the desert. I mean, there's nobody in the desert. Why would he go to the desert? To talk to lizards? There's nobody there. And so he has to take a step of faith. He was willing. He understood that one of God's favorite words is go. Go, Philip, obey me, watch me change your life and change others. All Philip knows is that he's going to the desert. He doesn't know anything else. A desert that's basically empty of people. I heard this a few weeks ago. It's not mine. It doesn't have to be mine. It's really good. It says this. You probably want to write it down. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. I like it. You see, Philip's going to have to step out in faith. He's going to have to go just because God says to go. He doesn't know what's going to happen next. Let me give you a little clue that I've learned. I've learned a lot of things being a Christian for many years. I still blow quite a few, but I got some of them down. Here's one I know. God will never give me the next step until I obey the first step. See, if Philip doesn't start out, nothing else comes. If we had never left Merritt Island, we wouldn't be here. We didn't know what it was going to be like when we came here. We didn't have any idea what God would do. By the way, just so you know how dependent we are on God. Pastor Mark, when's the next video campus? Where is it going to be? Somebody stopped me last night and said, would you bring a video campus to St. Cloud? Somebody called me somewhere. Where is the next church plant going to be? Where is the next missionaries? I have no idea. And I have good news for you. None of the elders know anything either. I said, well, what kind of a church is this? Under his influence. Because God's plan is perfect. Relax. You think you know what you're doing with your life? Not a chance. Well, the church is just people. So that's where the excitement comes in. You're going to have to take a step out to find out what God's going to do next. By the way, the Bible says God cannot be pleased without faith. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, that's risky. Hello, I already gave you the definition. Yes, it is. But it's way better than doing your thing. It's doing God's thing. Now, notice Philip's in Samaria. And just picture a little caravan of people on this Gaza road. And and they're headed toward the coast. And of course, after Gaza, they're going to go down to Ethiopia. Just picture that little ride there. Now, let me ask you a question. What if Philip waits three or four days in Samaria before he leaves to go to the desert? What's going to happen? There's going to be nobody in the desert because the man he's supposed to meet will have already passed through Gaza and headed home. That's why you want to write this. Yes, Lord, say yes now. You see, if he waits... He misses a divine opportunity. He misses it totally. Now, many years ago, when I got out of high school, I went into college. I thought I was going to be a chemical engineer uh, until I took two courses, calculus and physics. 
And then I said, Lord, just direct me to wherever. And I went right into pharmacy. One of the reasons was in one of those stupid tests, and that was my first year in college, they had this, some of you remember it, you love this kind of stuff, bless you. Here's a plane flying 450 miles this way. There's a train going in the opposite direction with a guy on top. Now, if you drop a ball, who cares? And immediately I went to pharmacy where I could do something good and take care of people. Notice who's arranging Philip's leaving and arriving perfectly on time with the Ethiopian eunuch. It's God. God's will always includes God's timing. You miss it, and very often we miss the opportunity that God has opened up for us. So it's very important as you see that. Verse 27, so he started out on his way, no kidding. He met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasure of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. Now this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home was sitting in the chariot reading the book, the Old Testament book of Isaiah, the prophet. Now, Ethiopia was located south of Egypt and Africa, today probably similar to modern Sudan. This Candace is not a name, but a a title of the queens of Ethiopia. So who is this Ethiopian eunuch? He's a minister of finance. He's in second in charge of this amazingly rich country. He's probably black. He's definitely a Gentile. He is great authority, has great responsibility. He's very intelligent. He has all the comforts of the world. He had gone to Jerusalem because he's seeking God. Now, isn't it interesting to you that he's searching for truth and purpose and meaning? And yet he has everything we think that brings purpose to life. He's rich. He has power, he has possessions, he has position, but he's empty, he's lonely, he's guilty, and he's searching for something that brings satisfaction. He goes to Jerusalem. As a Gentile, he would have to worship in the court of the Gentiles. He couldn't go right in. But he leaves Jerusalem, and you'll see in a moment, he leaves Jerusalem, and he's still searching. Why? Religion always leaves a person empty, still seeking for truth. At the water baptism yesterday, many people mentioned it, and it it happens routinely. So many people come to this church and many other churches like us, and they've never discovered the difference between rules, regulation, ritual, going to church, and having a personal, vibrant relationship With God who lives in me. Of course, the Holy Spirit, the one that comes to live in me. They never knew. And I heard it two or three times yesterday in the testimony. I never knew. I was religious my whole life. But I never knew that God could come live in me and liven up my life with purpose and meaning. That's exactly what happened. See, religion always will leave you empty. It has nothing for you. So you have to have this personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's exactly what's going to happen on this road. God knew it. Now... You say, well, that's interesting in the story, Pastor Mark, but what about us today? 
Well, there's some of you in this building here in Melbourne. You're just like this man. You're in dead religion. You've tried to be good. You've tried to be moral. You've tried to do everything and nothing's but a dead end. You see, you have wealth and you have power and possessions, but you're just like this man. You need Jesus. We learn from Paul as he taught Timothy, he was teaching about the illusion of riches and stuff, which sometimes we don't get. If I just get this, then I'll be satisfied. But he told Timothy, no, godliness with contentment brings true satisfaction. And then Paul made this statement, you know, well, Paul said this, we came into the world naked and we're going to leave the world naked. Those of you that you had children, a boy or a girl, maybe you were in this day and age, you can be in the delivery room. You know, when those children came out, that little boy, that little girl, and the back of their little bottom, they didn't have a wallet stuck in. You remember that, don't you? (laughs) They came in what? Naked. How are they going to leave? Same. So see, you can't earn enough to bring satisfaction. Only Jesus does it. Now, I want to ask you a question. Who knew that this man was empty and looking for God? Did Philip know? Philip didn't know. Philip didn't have a clue who this guy is. God knows. One other thing. If you understand this, that's why God's going to send Philip to this man. That's why God sends us to people. So we have to always be saying, yes, Lord, because God knows the doors he's opening are people that are searching for him. See, from the outside, we can't tell. But God knows. Next thing you want to write. Yes, Lord, everyone is valuable to God. We're going to begin seeing that God has arranged for Philip to meet how many people? One man. He leaves thousands to meet one man. God uses mass evangelism. He uses one-to-one witnessing. We see the very heart of God. God wants this one man to come to salvation. How do I know that's the heart of God? Because God's heart is this, that none perish. No, not one. So God knew the heart of this man. And the Bible says this, if you seek me with all your heart, God speaking, I will be found. This man was seeking. Philip is going to answer his questions. That's the God you serve today. See, you're important to God. Every single person is important to God. Pastor Mark taught today about the story of Philip, who was a deacon in the early church. You heard about his willingness to serve God wherever God wanted him to go. You heard how God used Philip to reach whole communities for Jesus, and as a result brought joy to those people. You learned that God can do the same through you if you'll say yes to him. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. In the next message, Pastor Mark will finish up his teaching under his influence. Yes, Lord. You'll be reminded about the emptiness of riches and prestige and how only God can fulfill the needs that every person has. You'll be reminded that salvation is only the beginning of a lifelong journey into godly obedience and that you shouldn't be like most people who stop growing right after they get saved. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Under His Influence. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.